Hi, Juliet here with a quick message before this episode starts. Everything you need to be more strategic amid the busyness of the school term is contained in the 170 plus episodes of this podcast. But sometimes you can get there a bit faster with some personalised help. I host a termly online workshop specifically designed to help the support staff within schools to make the shift from being reactive to strategic. Our next workshop is coming up soon and we're going to be reflecting on how things have gone this academic year and strategising for the academic year to come so that you can confidently prioritise your workload, overcome the obstacles that are holding you back and redirect your time and focus onto your priorities. At the end of the session, I promise you're going to be feeling more energised, ready to hit the ground running with a clear plan of action. This term's workshop is going to be run on Thursday the 16th of May, and you can find out more and book your place at www.consultjuliet.co.uk slash plan. I hope to see you there. Now, let's launch into this episode. Welcome to the Independent School Podcast with me, Juliette Corbett. This is the place where we get curious about leadership and strategy in schools. And as a coach of many leaders in the world of education, I've been really privileged to see behind the scenes of their daily work. So as I'm in the process of helping them to find their strategic focus, to empower their team members, and so that they as leaders can regain control over their time, What I've seen time and time again is that as those leaders are able to focus on the important tasks that utilise their strengths, that's when they're able to deliver their goals with a whole team effort, with confidence and with ease. Now, this week, we're diving into a really important question, and that is, are you delegating enough? And there are two reasons that I want to pose this question. One is, we know that strategic organisations and schools in particular, where you're trying to deliver a strategy, it has to be something that everybody is involved with. So if we're empowering and delegating some of that strategic delivery to others around us, that's a really important sign that as as a school, you're able to go further in terms of delivering that strategic vision that you've created as a team. And so being able to delegate and empower others is really important. And then secondly, one of the most scarce resources that all of us have, and leaders in schools in particular, is a scarce resource of time. And the ability to make sure that you're delegating enough and the right things so that you are able to regain some of that time to focus on the things that only you can do and you can do really, really well. That is a really important part of unlocking strategic leadership. Now, in future episodes, I'm going to be talking about some of the effective delegation skills, some of the tips and tricks, the tactics around delegation. But what I find really interesting is before we dive into that, we need to overcome some of the key mindsets that might be stopping you from delegating in the first place or not delegating enough. What I find really interesting is it it does occasionally happen, but very, very rarely does somebody come to me and say, could you help me by giving me some tips on tactics around delegation? Normally, leaders don't really mention this to me when I start working with them. What often happens, though, is that through a series of conversations, we realise that actually delegation 
and the need to delegate more is a key barrier that they're facing, a key thing that's holding them back from delivering more of the team and the team that they lead. But they haven't necessarily identified that they need to delegate more. And so on this episode, rather than diving into those tactics, which we'll do in a future episode because they are important, we're going to take a step back and we're going to talk about some of the things that you can do to check whether you're delegating enough. And then we're going to talk about the three reasons that I see time and time again that leaders don't delegate. They are mindset barriers that are preventing leaders from delegating enough. So first of all, it is entirely possible that you are delegating enough or even that you're delegating too much. It happens. There are leaders out there who have cracked this, have got it sorted. But it's really interesting to me that I very rarely come across someone who's delegating too much. And I very frequently come across school leaders who are not delegating enough. So let's have a think, what can we do to check ourselves whether we're delegating to the right level? First of all, have a think about what people say about you around your school. Now, they may be using quite informal language. We often sort of joke to people around us, you know, oh, you know, you're such a superhero. You managed to do so much. You're always so busy. You're you're so capable of, of handling all of these things at the same time. Now, while these comments are compliments, and so, you know, take it in the spirit it's intended, it is a compliment to your, your ability. What's probably also going on behind the scenes is they're thinking, wow, this person is taking on more than they need to. And they're trying to handle things single-handedly that really they should be delegating to others. Now, if you're hearing those sorts of comments frequently from people, take the compliment, but also where you trust those people, directly ask them back. Maybe in a quiet moment, you know, in the common room, just say, do you think that I'm taking too much on myself? Do you think I should be delegating more? Because people keep telling me, I'm always, you know, the busy one. I'm always, you know, the superhero who's going to deliver this project. Just give it to me and, you know, it'll get delivered. That's all great. But are they actually saying that I'm trying to do too much on my own? Have the honest conversation. Listen to what people say back to you. Have a similar conversation with people that you trust outside your organisation. You may have a coach, in which case that's a great topic for conversation. But if you don't, maybe there are people that you respect who understand the world that you work in, who you could get some feedback from around what it is that you're doing yourself and what it is that you're delegating. And then the other thing to look at is the number of hours that you're working. Now, there's no right and wrong here. We all have different rhythm to our year. So teaching staff will have a a very much a kind of a sprint through each term and then a rest in each school holiday. Support staff or admin staff, leaders on that side of the school will have much more of a marathon to run because they don't get the same holiday. They need to keep up with intensity through the year. So everyone's working hours are going to be different. But if you look around you and notice that your working hours are longer than others, that's probably a sign that you're not delegating enough. If you're frequently feeling a sense of overload, of overwhelm, that you've got just too much on your plate. Again, the question of whether there's anything you can delegate is a really important question to be asking. So there's no hard and fast rules. Everybody's different. I can't tell you. Unfortunately, this isn't a two-way conversation, so I can't tell you my thoughts on whether you're delegating enough. But asking those sorts of questions to yourself and to others helps you to understand, have I got into a mindset where I'm just trying to take everything on myself. 
where I'm not empowering others to lead around me. I'm not delegating enough to my team in order to really deliver the school's vision and the team's goals in the most effective way. So that's the first thing. It's opening your eyes to the question of, are you delegating enough? So once you've identified that you probably need to delegate more, then you need to think about why hasn't this happened already? What's holding you back? And there are three common reasons that I see leaders not delegating enough. And these are all mindset challenges. These aren't actually based on constraints around the school or the operational tactical elements that you could put in place. These are all to do with understanding what's going through your thought process in order to understand why at the moment aren't you delegating more? And then how can I overcome this in order to to empower those around me to deliver more? So I'm going to go through each of these three mindset challenges. And for each of them, think about whether or not this is something that you have felt on a regular basis. You probably don't feel all three of these. You may do for different things. And then identify something which you want to work on over the next couple of weeks. Okay, so the first mindset is it's easier to do it myself. We have all felt this. (laughs) Sometimes it's justified and sometimes it's not. What's firstly interesting is that if you're already justifying to yourself, it's easier to do it myself. That's probably preceded by the thought process of I should be delegating this, but it's easier to do it myself, which is interesting in its own right, because it means you've already identified something that isn't a core part of your job, but where you perceive there to be more costs than benefits to yourself in delegating it to somebody else. And that can come from a number of different reasons. So Sometimes it will take time to train somebody up to do the job, to do that particular task. Sometimes the trust that you would need and the belief that you would need in your team's capability to deliver that task isn't quite there yet. So you need to spend time building that trust and building that capability within the team. And that itself is time consuming. So it's easier to do it myself. And then thirdly, there's a flexibility that's required when you're going to delegate something. So you have to allow somebody a certain amount of flexibility to actually undertake the task in a way that they feel is most efficient for them. And assuming they're not doing something super inefficient, you just need to let them get on with it, whatever workflow they've determined to complete the task. However, you as a leader need to be confident and depending on how important the task is, potentially checking on a regular basis, that actually the objective is being met. So the end result of the task is non-negotiable because the goal or the objective of the task has to be met. But there needs to be some flexibility in terms of how team members are actually delivering that. And that can feel uncomfortable. And so it can feel easier to do it myself. Now, all of these things sort of wrap up together. So it's useful to think about why does it feel easier to do it myself to identify which of these kind of thoughts follow that 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 sensation of it being easier to continue doing it yourself so that you can then overcome those things so if if for example it's around the time needed to train somebody if this is going to be a task that's repeated on a fairly regular basis there's sort of a logic in the idea that you're going to take a short term hit to train somebody in order to then reap the long term benefit of not having to do this task on a regular basis yourself. And then also the benefits of building a more resilient team. It's never great 
to have a team where only one person can do a particular task. You've got a single point of failure built in. It's always better to train up others in order to undertake those tasks where possible. So if it's going to be the time to train that's holding you back, consider whether it's a repeated task. And if so, probably take the short term hit, train someone and then delegate it. If it's the trust deficit, if you're not sure that there's the capability within your team, again, take the time to find out. Start to delegate small parts of the task or less mission critical tasks to test your team's capability to deliver. And if there isn't that capability, you need to develop that capability over time within your team in order to build up the trust that you can delegate to them. And even though that feels like the hard route, it is the best route to take because building that trust and that capability is the right thing for you as a leader to release time for the things that matter. And it's the right thing for the school as well to have that resilience and that more capable team. And when you think about it, the alternative of continuing to think it's easier to do it myself all the time is both a learned helplessness within those around you because you're constantly stepping in and doing those tasks when actually they should be delegated to others, which isn't good for their career prospects. It isn't good for the resilience of the team to have a learned helplessness built in. And from your point of view, it's going to lead to exhaustion, which then potentially builds into resentment, which then in the worst cases leads to burnout. That's not a fun process. You really don't want to be going down that road. So every time you're thinking it's easier to do it myself, stop and check yourself. Firstly, you must have identified that something probably should be delegated and then you're justifying to yourself that it's easier to do it myself. And then secondly, think about why. How do I overcome this for the longer term benefit of everybody? So that's the first reason that I see is this concept of it easier to do it myself. The second thing which I see less frequently, but quite, quite a lot, enough to put it on my list of my top three, is a feeling of I need to protect my team. And there are two flavours to this, I think. The first is, which is more common, a feeling of I need to protect my team because they already have too much to do. I can see them working really hard. And so I need to protect them by not giving them any further tasks. Now, the difficulty with this is that, again, if you keep doing it yourself and trying to do to hold the weight of of the whole team on your shoulders alone by not delegating to them, in actual fact, you're on that road to exhaustion, resentment and burnout, which is not a good outcome, which doesn't actually protect the team. It doesn't protect you and it doesn't protect them to have a burnt out leader. So instead, if you're feeling like I have to protect my team because they already have so much to do, this is the moment that you need to sit down yourself as leader potentially on your own to begin with, then maybe with peers to identify what are the strategic priorities. And then critically important, we're about empowering people here. So sitting down with your team and thinking about what is most important, how do we prioritise? Maybe we don't have the budget to have as many staff hours as we need to deliver these projects. Okay, what are we going to do about that? What are we going to say no to? What are we going to cut? Where might be able to use new technology, so AI, for example, to speed some things up? And where is it that we're getting direction from above, which is just impossible to deliver? So we're being asked to deliver unrealistic amounts with the amount of resource that we have. How are we going to represent that in a a strategic way to the leaders above us? 
This is the process of becoming a more strategic leader. So if you're protecting your team because they already have too much to do, stop. Please think about what are your priorities as a team. Utilise all of the tools that I talk about with regards to strategic leadership and then make sure that you don't have too much to do as a team. Because if you continually take too much on your own shoulders, you're not protecting anybody. The second flavour of this I need to protect my team is sometimes where there are difficulties in the leadership of the school above your level and you act as an umbrella basically to protect those within your team from the slightly chaotic, potentially even dysfunctional leadership and decision making which is happening around you and above you in the hierarchy. This is very well-meaning and if this is what you're feeling I'm really sorry because you shouldn't be put in that position but it does happen And the message that I have for you is that as much as protecting your team, you also need to protect yourself. There is a limit to what you as a leader of a team can deliver within a dysfunctional school. You need to think about how can I deliver my responsibilities, discharge my responsibilities in a professional way, but also in a boundaried way. And I talk to leaders quite frequently about the idea of boundaried responsibilities. Firstly, as a side note, I don't think boundaried is actually a word. I've looked it up in the Oxford Dictionary. It doesn't seem to be there. It might be one of these words that's emerging because a lot of people use it. If you do a Google search, it comes up, you know, lots and lots of times. So I'm not making it up, but it's not an official word yet. But I think this is the best word for the idea that I'm trying to articulate. Boundaried responsibility. And that is that you do have a responsibility to, to protect your team. If there are things happening around the school which are harming people's well-being and mental health because of the way that leadership and decision making is happening you do need to protect your team but you have a boundaried responsibility in that area you are not responsible for everything that happens to all of your team members you are responsible for what happens to them at work and you're responsible to the best of your ability to protect them from other things that might be happening but that is actually the role of an HR department. Now, if you're you're the director of HR, this is a slightly different conversation. But some of these things can be passed over to HR if it's really affecting people negatively. You need to protect yourself as well as those within your team. And I think there are other ways to protect a team which don't affect your ability to delegate as well. So I would say if you feel like you need to protect your team from things that are happening around the school that are sort of slightly chaotic, by all means, protect your team. But don't do that by failing to delegate because it's not going to end in a good way in terms of your levels of exhaustion and commitment. So that's the second reason I see frequently is is a feeling of I need to protect my team. And there's a third category, and I see this quite a lot, which is, but I like doing that task. Don't take that away from me because I really enjoy that. Now, this is fine. It's absolutely fine as a leader to keep a few tasks that you used to enjoy doing when you were on the more tactical, operational side of the work. And as you get promoted up into a more strategic leadership role, it's absolutely fine to keep doing a few of the things, just to keep your hand in and and to keep on the pulse of the the work and the sector that, that you're in. But if you're doing that all the time, you're not going to have the time to do the core parts of your new leadership responsibilities, the strategic role of your job. So have a think about the balance between the two. 
by all means, keep a couple of the things that you like doing. That's fine. It brings you joy. It brings you balance. It keeps your, your finger on the pulse of what's happening. That's all good. But the majority of your work should be at the strategic leadership level. When you're promoted into a leadership role, that is what you're being paid to do, basically. And so you do need to delegate those other tasks to other members of the team. And then be really honest with yourself. Sometimes we keep doing the things that we used to do earlier on in our career because it feels safe. And stepping into some of the more unfamiliar parts of our job stretches us in a way that feels uncomfortable. Again, it's natural. It's normal. It's human. That's fine. But what's really important is that you understand that that is what's happening. Because once you understand, okay, it's fine to feel uncomfortable about trying out some of these newer strategic level responsibilities that I have, but this is where I need to stretch myself. This is where my focus needs to be as a leader. This is where I might need some help, you know, from a coach or a mentor, from someone who I can confide in to help me to stretch into those new core parts of my leadership role. So I think it's all about being self-aware, understanding that that's what's happening and then seeking some advice and some support to help you move away from those safe tasks and into the core parts of your leadership role is really important. So I'm really hoping that this has been helpful. I've talked about firstly how to identify whether you might need to be delegating more and then three mindsets that you might have that are holding you back. So firstly it's easier to do it myself. Secondly I need to protect my team and thirdly but I like doing that task. If any of those thoughts are running through your mind, hopefully you've got a couple of things that you can reflect on over the next couple of weeks and start to try and overcome those barriers that are preventing you from delegating more. Because it's only through empowering others to also deliver those strategic goals that you're going to be able to really step into that leadership role, be strategic about what you're trying to deliver and deliver those goals with confidence and with ease. I love to hear your feedback. What has resonated with you from what I've shared this week? What actions are you going to take as a result over the next couple of weeks with regards to how much you're delegating? And if you found this episode helpful, please do share it with a friend. Most people discover this podcast because someone's recommended it to them. So just forward it to them and let them know that you found it helpful. If you want to know a little bit more about what having a coach, a leadership coach might feel like and ways that you can be able to lead more strategically with confidence and with ease, then just get in touch and book in a call and we can have a chat. Thank you for spending this time with me. And don't forget that to lead strategically, we all need the space to breathe, the time to learn and the courage to adapt. Have a great week. Bye bye then. Bye.